remember writing down a note for one day for us to talk about, and that was, it was around the fact that, do you remember a couple of years ago, Apple, who at the time, they're not now, were the largest, um, uh, the largest company on the planet by... Well, yeah, and they by, had more money than America, didn't they? Yes. Because Microsoft, 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 the, the Microsoft Apple have lost, the biggest, yep. and Microsoft have Microsoft have taken. back up there again. No one thought that was going to happen. Um, so, Apple had more cash than the US government a couple of years ago, and I remember thinking it spurred on a conversation in my head. We had this conversation. Did we actually have? We it? had. I don't think we recorded it, but we had. We did have the conversation. Can we, a company bail out? Yes, a government, a, a government, a national, a national government, and. More, more than that, it was, can they, can they buy them? Can you privatise the government? And I think that's a, that's a fascinating thing to talk about because we talk about privatising specific industries or organisations that would then become companies uh, if they are, at the moment, basically just run by the state. But taking the whole thing, you know, we, we've talked about... Um, and I think we were we were planning on doing a podcast on how how exactly we would privatise the NHS, take the Leviathan that is the National Health Service. How would we overnight? How would we privatise it? But let's think bigger. We're thinking too small. Whole government, whole government. But how you, would you, you privatise? So are you talking about a, a huge company like Google owning? You know, well, that's one way of doing it. a government because that would be catastrophic. Absolutely, tell, tell catastrophic. me why. Well, because they've just created an, an artificial monopoly and kept it. Um, you know, the only the, the, in that would never occur naturally. The only way to get that big is through force. That's the, the only way to do that. <coughs> so, how I suppose the point is, how would a big company um, buy the government in the first place? Because if the if the government was to float on the stock exchange then it would be open to everyone to be able to buy a bit. And so I don't, I don't know enough about how you know, IPOs and everything work, about how you, how you float on the stock exchange, but my understanding is that but they would, they would, I mean, they would one company doesn't just come along and buy all the shares. But they, they, would, they would cease to become a government, surely. They would, they would cease to be a government. You can't, you can't be a government and then be owned by something so that yeah, your, 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 oh, vote, yeah. your vote doesn't matter anymore. Oh yeah, no, I'm no, I'm saying this is a transition away from government, mm. but the organisation that currently is a government would be privatised. So Apple or Google? No, no, no forget, for forget, forget a big company. That was just an example of of equating it because of the sums of money involved. Okay, well, but just float just, the government. Just a group um, of a group of rich people get together. Why don't it have to be rich people? Like, do, like they do it with the post office, opened up shares to everyone. Yeah, but I think if a government was on the market, I think all the rich oligarchs would think, I'm going to have some of that, and they would buy up all the shares, and you and I wouldn't have much of a chance. Right, and then, but and then, and then what happens? Oh, well, we can, we can just pass laws now. Right. Um, is, is that not an argument against what we were talking about with the NHS then? Because that's what we said. We said you'd float on the stock market. Um, you could. I'd, I would be. I'd be happier with something like the NHS floating on the stock market. Um, You're against me privatising the government. I'm against any government. <laughs> I'm against anyone having control over me, whether they're privatised or not. <laughs> right. The whole point is that you you would have to break down the democratic parts of all of this. If it's if it's privatised, 
then you and I are going to have a contract with this organisation. They're going to have to. They're going to have to abide by the law. They're a company now. They're they, not they, the government. If they're the government, they can make the law. If this is just all the stuff that the government does... That's what I'm talking about. I mean, the that's government, government makes the laws, and, and, and that's the, the most important thing that they do. Privatising the institutions. Right, so you're talking about all the... Uh, all the departments, all the everything. I'm not talking about privatising the Prime Minister. Right, OK. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, good, because I was thinking, I was beginning to think... No, but privatising a government, it's like, well, hold up a second, this private company now controls my life. That's, that's, which isn't, which well, isn't but good. as I say, albeit, as I say, it, it's... It, 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 becomes, it, it becomes completely privatised, and no, I wouldn't have to pay for any of that rubbish ever again. So, yeah, great, bring it on. Yeah. But the whole floating on the on the stock market thing, that would work, though, wouldn't it? Um... So my issue with, I, th- I think when we discussed this before... Or you immediately NHS, give every single person in the country shares. Yes, I think that might that's, be, that's the way you do it. That was my suggestion, I yeah. think. Um, Everyone gets a share in the because, government. But they can then sell if they want to. Yeah, because I think if, it was, I think if you floated it on the, on the stock market, then obviously that gives people with more money um, you know, more, of a, more of a chance. I mean, t- to be honest, my, my one issue was that we all stopped paying for it immediately. So that was, I know you, you were talking about, you know, taking a couple of months or whatever. No, no, just cut funding straight away and it will, it, you will have to make it work one way or another. Yeah. Um, and it will probably turn out that if, if people's funding is cut immediately uh, and then obviously people's taxes drastically go down, then if you're worried about the poor having access to healthcare, then you can donate to charity to help them get healthcare. And, and we, can, we can do that without all the administrative burden of the, you know, of the government and all the bureaucracy, you can just you know, okay, you need you need an operation there, fine. There'll be charities that would just spring up that would help people who can't afford their own healthcare. If, if as of tomorrow, um, we were no longer taxed, yes, any anywhere on anything. I mean, even if you just want to say for the NHS, you could just say right, okay, the NHS is no longer the NHS. We are cutting funding of that. You will no longer be taxed from tomorrow. Everyone would NHS. have way more money in their pay packet. Yes. And well, I suppose again, this would be where where do you cut the tax to um, to match that? Which is why it would be a little bit difficult to that there would be an unfairness potentially in where you cut the tax if you are only doing it just for the NHS. You would because the NHS doesn't specifically just come from VAT or from corporation tax or from stamp duty or from income tax. You would, I think, you would have to do income tax. That's the biggest, isn't it? You'd have to take you'd have to take it from the biggest tax burden I would say it's a difficult one though isn't it because that's pretty big or that you know that is a big impact on people I mean it's all money in the pocket but it's only money in the pocket if you are earning and you're paying tax the tax threshold is much higher now so all the lowest earners wouldn't get any money back no, but they're not paying any tax anyway. There was that statistic in the Daily Telegraph. Yeah, but don't you want to give them something back? There was the statistic in the... Back from what? They're not paying anything. There was that statistic... They are, they're paying VAT and they're paying all these other taxes. From what? From their money. Where do they get that from? What? From earning. There's, so there, there, was a, there was a statistic in the, uh, in the Daily Telegraph, and I think we talked about this a year or so ago, about so over 50% of households uh, don't pay tax. And it was it was about it was like kind of about benefits, adding and up and all the positives and negatives. Yeah, yeah. In terms so it didn't it didn't mention flows. stuff like VAT. So obviously it didn't, you say? No, no. And this is my point. Yeah. So obviously there will be a smaller percentage, um, but you pr- that, you know, that will be affected. But 
I'm, I'm interested in the people who are actually paying for the NHS. If you don't pay any tax, but you pay the odd little bit of VAT, then perhaps you don't deserve as much as you or I, who pay tens of thousands of pounds every single year. This is an interesting conversation. This is an interesting conversation because now we're getting to the nitty gritty of if you were to do it slowly, service by service, NHS first, roads next, education, whatever, then you want to make a judgment call on who gets their money back first. Now, well, I know you're saying... It's either that or you take a slice off every single tax, which would be an administrative burden costing tax in itself. Yes, and so should it not then be that you cut those ones that have an administrative burden straight away? So, you know, vehicle excise duty, the tax on fuel, these kind of things. And VAT's an easy one. If you abolished VAT, think how much inefficiency and bureaucracy you take away from the system. And it would affect everyone. Is, would VAT, do they get enough on VAT to pay for the NHS, though? No. No, no, the NHS is huge. And this is, I don't I mean, think that you can even take away... a small percentage of it, wouldn't it? Yes, but likewise, I think so with income tax. I mean, you could, income, you could... income tax doesn't cover it either, I don't think. Income tax doesn't cover the NHS. Well, bearing in mind, you've got corporation tax as well. And you've got stamp duty. There's lots of taxes. Yeah, but I mean, income tax... I mean, stamp duty people don't pay very often. And national insurance. National insurance is small compared to income tax. Income tax is huge. There aren't as many companies as there are people. Everybody, you know, I, I think income tax is the by far the largest take home I mean I'm, so I'm fine with, with, with cutting things like so if you, if, if you cut fuel tax for example to naught yeah uh, that would make a huge boost to the economy that's what I'm saying so think about we could I'd, I'd be happy with that and like you say it might be we could just cut VAT as well and my, my, and my point about that or anything that affects more people you're saying yes it should be the ones that are, are paying the most and I get what you're saying but if you affect more people then that'll probably have more of an economic benefit overall wouldn't it because everyone gets to have more cash that they then get to spend yeah possibly i'm not i'm not sure whether i'm not sure whether that would have would that have a bigger impact than giving it would to them a larger t- no i'm talking about in general yeah so you've got on one side you could give everyone a little bit of tax or you could give uh, a, a larger tax rebate to the most the people who are already the most productive in the economy Tax breaks for the rich. For the most productive. <laughs> That's how it's spun, obviously, isn't it? Yes. Uh, in, in all of these situations, is, is rich and productive are not used together in any way, shape or form. Let alone the fact that just because you're earning an amount of money doesn't mean that you have lots of Well, that's the thing. So different pe- people talk about the rich and, and yes. it conjures up people who live in these mansions with lots of land. Yeah. They might not be earning very much. Yes. Conversely, you, yes. might be earning, you might be earning quite a lot of money. Asset paying, rich is not the same as being cash rich. Exactly. And you, could, you could just rich. be you could be a, a, an old age pensioner yeah. who's bought a house in London sixty years ago yes. for pennies, yeah. and now it's worth a couple of million. Yeah. Um, but you're still scraping to you know, to, to to live because you you know you've got your pension you, you know you you, yeah. you don't have much money coming in. Um, so you've got that kind of person. You've also got the people who are perhaps earning quite a lot of money, paying a lot of tax. But don't have don't have a big house uh, on you know yeah. don't own land aren't asset rich, yeah. Um, so I'm talking about the people who pay the most the most tax you know the most income tax. So that's not that's not necessarily talking about the rich. It's the the productive people in in the economy. 
so whether whether you should give those more of a more of a tax break because they 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 pay for the vast majority of everything anyway well and this is the other thing that's never talked about enough isn't it it's about the fact that the top one percent pay 40 percent or whatever of of everything or whatever the stupid statistic is it always it's always when you say it so i don't know what the specific is it might be something in 28 or something but it's always higher than you think it is isn't it is the amount that the top the top pay well, they, they, yeah i mean the one percent pay over a quarter of all income tax and that's when you're not taking tax, all the other taxes they pay as well just yeah. income tax alone it's it's, over, it's, it's yeah, crazy isn't it? it's getting towards a third it's crazy so i i suppose it's a difficult one that like in my head and this is the, I suppose this is my old head thinking <laughs> that that's just not fair. If you were to just just cut it for the top, then yes, they'd be potentially more productive. Um, but income tax isn't just cutting it for the top; it's cutting it for every single earner. Right. If that's what you if that's what you, you're planning. On that doing, that yeah. I, I thought that was I thought that would have been the easiest and and, yeah. the, and the most fair. Just every every you know all income tax is cut by five percent or whatever. Um, so every single tax ban goes down, yeah, or ten percent, or whatever, whatever it takes. I quite like to look up how much the NHS costs and how much is brought in from income tax. Can you imagine abolishing income, income tax, and national insurance, all taxes well, it's, on uh, income, income tax? Was brought in by Pitt the Younger to fund the war as a temporary measure, yeah, wasn't it? Well, they're all temporary measures, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But can you imagine right now if if you had to pay for your health care, but you didn't get taxed on your income anymore? Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, it would it would be massive, and obviously the whole point is what we're talking about here is that the NHS would be floated on the stock market. People like you and I might buy a share in it. Um, the uh, the big pharmaceutical companies and healthcare companies would buy big shares in it, and then immediately start transforming it, breaking it up. You know what whatever would need to be done. You know, potentially it would just be well, I'm just going to buy that hospital or that clinic or that service. And then run them competitive, run them for a profit, which would bring the costs down. Yes, down, people. That's what profit does. It brings the cost down. Why, why can't people understand this? Why, why, is that, why is that an alien concept for people? The, well, uh, the, the profit motive brings a cost down. So I, I don't... What, what, what I, I, I struggle with understanding why people don't understand. This is a... <laughs> <laughs> um, so... It's, it's it's similar to that. So competition. Say you've got like a bunch of hospitals all run by different, you know, by yeah, different people, different companies. Yeah. One, of, you know, they, they might try different ideas. So they're not they're not government yes. centrally. They're going to try a different idea. If one hospital tries something and it works, they'll all do it. Yes. That's that's what that's why competition is good. That's why having one person in charge thinking, you know what, we're going to do it this way, and now everyone does it, and nobody's allowed to try anything yeah. different. That's why that's a catastrophically bad idea. And people don't understand that. People think, oh, competition. Oh, no, they're just, they're just competing. They're just competing for profits. Yes, and they profits are. profits are bad. No, but, and this is it. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad at all. That's, that's how you get higher standards. It's how you get innovation. And because they're all fearful that the other ones are going to make more money than them. They're all fearful the other ones are going to get more business than them. So they act accordingly. And as you say, they experiment. How do, they, you, how do you pay for innovation? How do you pay for capital goods? With profit. That's what profit is for. Yeah. Okay, so this is another interesting thing because um, Dominic Cummings is now one of the head honchos at number 10. And oh, to be a fly on the wall at number 10 at the moment while someone like him is kicking around 
in his t-shirt and shorts or whatever, <laughs> telling everyone what to do. Civil servants must be, must be just curling up and dying in the corner, mustn't they? Don't you think? Um, because he's, I mean, he's a figure of hate for the left and for Remainers in a, in a big way, isn't he? Oh, he t- yeah, he, he offends all the right Have people. you tried reading any of his blogs? No, I don't think I have. Are they any good or are they awful? I mean, they're about 10,000 words long. Right. So, but, and this, this is why I was intrigued as to what you knew about him, because, albeit he's run these very successful campaigns that you and I have been in favour of, you know, no to AV, and, um, and obviously the... Uh, leaving campaign. Leaving the EU. Um, I think... I think he may be the ultimate magic formula monkey. He is there trying to make government better. And like the last, his last blog post, of which I got barely a tenth of the way in, because it's pretty heavy going, is all about the techniques of of high performance. High- High-performing teams, things that you would be interested in. You know, in this is what I do for a living. Yeah, this, I, I, I transform, I transform groups of developers into high-performing teams. There you go. So, could you go into government and do it for them? I, I wouldn't. But could you? Is it possible to go into the government and make them a high-performing team? I could. I could make. I could. I think I could make any group of individuals perform better and be more efficient. I don't, so I don't, we just need. We just need you in charge. Well, no, because you, the jobs that they are doing are all bad. So I could be high performing, but I'm still doing. If I'm doing a bad job, like, let's, say, let's say my job is standing in the middle of the road with a pickaxe and making holes in the road. Okay, yeah. I could I could make that person much much more efficient, and he could dig bigger holes. He could, you know. Could you still do it? Could still you do it with an entire government department? I still don't want him in the road. Could you do it holes. with an entire government department? Can you can you see what I'm saying? I do. But I also think you're missing the point here that you're talking in very, very, very small terms there. We've talked before about you saying, I can manage a team of 10 people, Mm-mm-mm, I can get them just so. But 100 people, that's different because I've got to manage 10 people that then have each got to manage 10 people. Can you make a government department high, high performing? I could, but I wouldn't want to. But you think you could? Yes. I'm saying, my, my angle is, you can't do it. It's impossible. You can't make... A government department, you can't make a state run anything high performing because of all the problems we've just said about competition and profit and and the way it's governed. So that's why I'm saying I could make them I could make them more efficient and and they could perform better, but they're not doing the right thing. I'm saying you couldn't make it more efficient. I'm saying this in in Of course you could make it more efficient. You can make everybody more efficient. That's an easy one. That is a really easy one. Well, if it's an easy one, why hasn't anyone done it? There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no market for making the uh, government more efficient. Well, Dominic Cummings is there now, so maybe you'll get your wish. Well, it, you know, if, if, he can, if he can just slice 25% off every single department and force them to be efficient or whatever, I mean, that, that's, you know... That, Ideological cuts? Any kind. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I don't care what sort of cuts they are, as long as they're cuts. I'm, I'm with you, but do you... Right. Do you understand the the argument I'm making? I mean, it's a it's a it's a hard, it's not an easy task making any any public sector worker better because they are the you know they are the, the probably the least performing people 
in industry. Um, you know, so it's it's not going to it's not going to be easy. But you can you can make people more efficient. But they're not doing the right thing. They're, yeah, they're standing under the road making point. holes. But you're never you're never going to make them into something that's that's worthy of doing it. Again, right? Take away the people just digging holes. Uh, even take away the, the, when you say, uh, the when, you, when you say worthy of when you say worthy of doing it, the tasks that they are doing, even if they were the best people on earth, that's not what I want them from doing. And everything they do is bad. Everything they do is a hole in the middle of the road and is an inconvenience and is just making stuff worse. So let's like, let's take the, the treasury when they're trying to plan the economy. I don't want anybody planning right, the economy. Okay, right, yes, but let's take let's go back to the NHS then. Healthcare. Healthcare is a service that people want and use and need. Yes. Yep. So So could you make the NHS more efficient? Well obviously you can make the NHS more efficient, but not to the point where it's going to be as efficient as a private company. No, but that, that's, why, that's why I said I, could, I, I couldn't make them... I said I could make them higher performing, but you're not going to get them... Well, what, I'm, what, I, what I'm saying Dominic Cummings thinks he can do is, is you know, crack the government problem. To crack the government problem, you have to crack the government problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 agree, I agree with you, but I, I, I think he's on a hiding to nothing. I think there is a, okay, let's put it this way. I think there is a ceiling to the efficiencies that you can make with government without taking an absolute scythe to them, without starting again, without recreating it as a completely privatised industry. Yeah, so they've got... The problem is that it's the government. Yeah, so they've got lots of things against them. They've got the fact that it is uh, state-run and therefore there's no competition. Yes, this is what I'm saying. that's That's a bad thing. You've got ownership the, is wrong. You've got the fact that there's no profit. Yeah, so they're they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not in contact with the people who pay for them. There's that level of abstraction. It's paid through through tax, so the customers can't withdraw their their funds. No, no contracts. Um, yeah, yeah, and you've got the the most inefficient people on earth working in the pro- in the public sector by a, which, by a country. Which is mile. why an effective manager can't go in and make it work. And that's, okay, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's can, not a question you can, of managerialism. You could make it better, but you couldn't, you couldn't make it work. Maybe that's the phrasing I, right. I misused with you. I of could, course I, you can make it better, yeah. but you couldn't make it work. No. And neither could Dominic Cummings. No. But that's I mean, you, you couldn't, you couldn't make So you couldn't make the NHS work because of the sheer size and because of the way it's funded at all. You could make it more efficient. You could make it a lot better than it is. You could make it closer to the systems that they have in, in Europe. Um, you know, even but I reckon the speed at which you did that, other inefficiency and nonsense would crop up somewhere else. Yeah, possibly. Spending but, would just go up somewhere else. But there are other government departments that do stuff that I just don't want people doing that stuff. No, I agree. I agree. So I, I wouldn't. You I know, agree with that. I wouldn't want to. I agree with that. But I think efficient. it's interesting that there's someone now at the heart of the government machine mm. who is, I think, and this is the why I brought it up. Is I think is the ultimate is sees himself as the ultimate manager right. and we've talked a lot recently about this managerial style of uh, mixed economy statesman haven't we about how that's what that's certainly what the Conservative Party want to be seen as just cust- good custodians of government as opposed to having an ideology whether you know, whether that is free marketing or, or whatever it's about that you can trust us to run it so I've got an idea now, now. Now you've got me thinking: Would I take a job to make the government more efficient? And I might, um, but I wouldn't make it. Depending on the department I was running, 
I might make it, I might go in there and say, yeah, 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 I'm going to make you all more efficient. And I might make them less efficient. If they were like a, if it was a department that was like, for example, making law or passing through statutory instruments or just generally monkeying around oh, with our so lives. Oh, so you would deliberately slow them down. Oh, deliberately slow them down. So at the moment, everyone's focused on Brexit. Yeah. And things are, are, are barely getting quite, done. It's yeah, brilliant. Isn't it's it? fantastic. So I would, I would, that would be my end game. It's like, just, I'm just going to get them fanning around so they're not actually doing anything at all. We, we may be Wasting being taxed. lots of taxpayers' money. We, we may be being, being taxed, but I, I wouldn't have any influence on that. But at least they're not making things worse. You see, when you because first go- started Because government that, makes things worse. When you first started that and you said, um, so you basically you're, you're going for saboteur. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because when you first said, I might take a job making them more efficient, I was thinking to myself, you absolute sellout. And how could you possibly go and make them more efficient when they would just go and take your efficiency and spend it somewhere else? Because the point is, if people could go into government, go into any government department or agency or whatever, make a saving and then immediately be passed on, you know, t- taken off the top of the budget, that would be fantastic. There would, there would be actually, there would probably be quite a lot of business people who would relish the opportunity of going in and slicing and even, dicing. Even if they said, you know, you save us, if you save us 10% of our funding, we'll cut 5% of tax. Whatever, whatever you do. So we're not going to say, if you, if you make us more efficient and we save an extra 10%, you know, then we are going to spend 5% on something else. But there's going to be five percent that's going to go back to taxpayers. People would still do that, even if they weren't getting the whole thing. There would there would be an incentive to do it, wouldn't there? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I don't know though because I still think having them do absolutely <laughs> nothing is, is, is the, the, the way forward. Exactly. Um, and I think float them on the stock market straight away. Give everyone a share. See what happens. And just but but just abolish a, a whole lot. I mean, yeah, the the, the, the regulators. Get rid of all those, all the quangos. Just get rid of those. You know, we're not going to want to privatise Ofcom, for example. Um, but this is where I think it'd be quite interesting because you would have to privatise all of those things, all at once. Yeah, if you're going for immediate transition, stopping all. Taxes they would. They would no longer. Things like Ofcom would no longer have any teeth. Um, but what I'm saying is that it would be, it would exist because people put money into it or, or it wouldn't exist because they would take money out of it. Correct, yeah. but they wouldn't have any power over you and your telecommunications company, for example. Uh, well, again, that's... I, unless, you, so, unless, you you voluntarily, that unless you voluntarily signed up to it. I'm saying all the regulators... Yes, but, uh, but, the point, but the point is that that change would happen because, well, here's the question. How much of that stuff is underwritten by law? There is a statute book. It is, it is overflowing with law that um, whatever the term is that then leads to regulation that underpins yeah, ter- regulation just burn it turn that up uh, but that is the problem isn't it even if you were to privatise all government institutions including the wider quangocracy overnight then they would still have the power over you now that's what I mean so you, you should just get rid of them that's what I'm saying don't privatise them just abolish them Tear, tear up the rule books, tear up, tear up all the laws, all the regulations. Yeah, but that's that's what's. I mean, this is all fantasy, obviously. But now you're just getting if, silly, Andy. If it, <laughs> <laughs> but if you were, but if the this is thought experiment. That's all this is. This is thought experiment. If you if you privatise them overnight, you can't privatise anything that has power over anybody else in in terms of lawmaking. That's why I was saying when you're talking not about lawmaking, pri- but the, the a regulator 
That's still that's still it's not law making. They're enforcing. That's okay. Yeah, I would I would say that's the, that's the, the just as bad. It's interpreting the law in 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 ways yeah. that are good for them. But wouldn't but wouldn't it basically cease to exist? Under who in their right mind would keep funding Ofcom? Yeah, but I don't want that that to be an actual option. This is this is this is an argument that's used about. So there was there were some laws that were passed relatively recently in the last few years, giving local authorities more. Uh, more powers over individuals. So there were these laws around, like, because it was all it was also tackle antisocial behaviour, and you could, right. you and like a group of two or three people, past eleven o'clock at night, you could theoretically get arrested for for loitering or something ridiculous. Right. And um, uh, you know, the, 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 the guy the, there was a guy who, who was on Radio Four defending this, and uh, people were, were speaking to him and saying, "Look, hang on a second, I could I'm I'm forty years old. I could be out with two of my friends." walking home from the pub and under this law I could get arrested and he's saying well of course people aren't going to use it for that purpose or people aren't going to interpret it like that that's not the point you shouldn't even give them the ability to have that amount of power over people yes so even though your argument that people probably wouldn't pay for it so it wouldn't have any control I don't want to give them the option of paying for Ofcom otherwise what about the the big communication companies oh we'll pay for it because then we can have we can interpret the regulation that's good for that's good for us I get, I get what you're saying, but how? This is my problem with all of this, and my problem with in any way, shape, or form trying to, whether it's in big bang or incrementally, get more freedom. Is is the how? And in this situation here, you just described there are there are laws that need to be overturned, but there are laws that also probably shouldn't be overturned unless you are advocating an entire complete and utter reset of law and I don't think that's what you're advocating no 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 of course not so that means someone's got to make the decision on what laws to repeal and what laws not to now we're we're fans of the common law absolutely yeah and so I don't know what particularly that sits with statute but and I want law to grow in that way with judgments and uh, and 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 a judiciary of some kind. I mean, you could. I guess you could. If we're going to do everything overnight, you could write some kind of a, I guess, some kind of a constitution that would say the only laws that. that do you know what I was about to come to this? You know, the, the, I the, think the, we need a constitution. The only the you know the only laws that uh, you know that we will we will leave behind are the ones that adhere to you, the non-aggression principle. Yeah. Or something like well, that. Well, exactly. You need you need to have a constitution that, that protects individual sat, rights. That exactly. That all it did were, uh, was protect freedom, which is very. This is this is very much the kind of objectivist idea, isn't it? Uh, it is. Well, it's just having a government that <laughs> underpins. Yeah. See, um, this, is, this is where this is where I, I kind of I, I differ from. But, have, but let's but let's say let's say there was let's say there was a piece of paper that everyone. I mean, that would be a start. Having that tiny minority government would be a start. Well, forget forget government. Just have a constitution. Yeah. Have a constitution that. That says that yeah that no one can have power over anyone else. No organisation or person yeah. can have power over anyone else unless by contract. Yep, absolutely. And and, and again, and, well, you could again, as you said, you could include a non-aggression principle in there. But again, we've we've argued before about 
uh, when we talk about moral rel- relativism and things, <laughs> um, about how uh, even aggression uh, can be interpreted in different ways. You know, I can harm you even if I just pull out a single hair, <laughs> but you're probably fine with that if I'm going to protect your um, uh, your private property by doing that. You know, there's 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 all this kind of stuff in there, uh, but. But again, as with as with any legal system that's ever existed, there this is what you know. This is what juries are for. This is you know why yep. you have arbitrators who can be reasonable about these things. Yes, that's why it's not done by robots. Um, yes, yeah, absolutely. So you've got to be reasonable. Um, but I think the yeah, the only way, you, rather than having to pick and choose what laws to repeal, you'd have to have you'd have to have a new document that was enshrined in law. But there the, would be there would be so few laws though, wouldn't there? Because the, I just, agree. Just because because all land would now be would then be private. Yes. So if you own your particular land, and this is this, what would this, is, this is what happens in my house, but this or is or on my road. But again, this is what would um, would have to happen. We talk about privatizing government institutions. Think how much government land there is. There's government land everywhere, mm. and See, all of that's that, going to be the difficult thing. That's. The, I, I'm, the NHS is easy compared to rivers, land. exactly mountains. All of this, all of that would have to be privatised, and I think this is why. So would you just divvy it up between sixty-five million people? Yeah, and who, keep it simple. Who gets what? But again, you talked before about how you, know, you get a you get a piece of land in the centre of like, okay. You, I, I get a, 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 an area part of the gardens at Buckingham Palace. And you get a mountain in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's, it's how do you, how do you do it up? Divvy it up. Uh, absolutely. That's this the, is, that's the difficulty. It is the difficulty, and this so is you why. get a mountain in Scotland, and I get a centimeter of Buckingham Palace because of the the, the differential. Oh, what? Because you're doing because it based of on land value. value. You're doing it based on current value. Well, that's, that's 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 the question. How do you do it? How do you divvy this stuff up? Yeah. Do you do it on value? Do you but, do it on, on but this size? Again, but this is why people think that the concept of not having a government and not having public spaces or public goods. That's what the, when you get to this point and people do this is why it's just nonsense. This is why it's utter nonsense, why you can't do it. Well, so they've made it difficult to go back because they've yes. screwed so much up. Let's say we went into somewhere... It's the same as the Brexit argument, isn't it? Yeah. So You're let's... making such a hash of it that you're saying it's impossible. Yeah. So, but let's let's say let's say that we go to somewhere that is very sparsely populated and vastly untouched by human beings. Somewhere like Antarctica, Mongolia. Now, I mean, Antarctica would be hard to live there, but somewhere like Mongolia um, is relatively untouched. There are like you know poor like, Mongolians. What have you got against their poor country? It is so no, but it's it's untouched. It's very, it's it's very, very, very sparse. So there are yeah. massive, you know, millions and millions of acres that are completely untouched. Yeah, pretty. It's it's not particularly usable either, though, is it? No, there's there's lots of usable forest and, okay. and fields and, and and just just land that hasn't been okay. hasn't been used. Some go somewhere like that, and if you started afresh um, with you know without any government and you just people just started to live there, that would work. I guarantee that would absolutely work. It's this rowing back that's difficult. Oh, because we've we, we've got our you know we've got control over everything and we own everything and and it's the undoing that's the difficult bit. Actually, starting. Right, so you're sounding like me now. With I'm I'm the one who always says this is going to be difficult. You need a transition, all this kind of stuff. And now you're saying it's too difficult. I'm not saying it's too difficult. I'm saying it absolutely should, should be done. And just because okay, just if I get if I get a mountain in Scotland, 
and you get a square centimetre of the Queen's Garden, <laughs> which I think is a fantastic equ- equation that you put there. That somehow those are like like for like. <laughs> then either I'm going to go and live on my bloody mountain because <laughs> it's mine now, um, or I'm going to sell it to those people that that want it. And I suppose the question is... So I'm fine with that, but... Are there going to be areas that no one wants? In a, in a market of a finite thing, you like talking about how resources are scarce. Yes. Or finite in some fashion. Yes. And that, that's not quite the same as, you know, you can keep digging and find more ore or whatever, and we just need to look harder. And the fact that it's we... Still, it's still scarce. still scarce. still a finite amount. It's still a finite amount, but the earth is still pretty big. But land... But there's still a finite amount of work, workforce to actually do the mining. And... Yeah, 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 forget all that, forget all that. Uh, and I'm not talking about bloody mining asteroids or anything like that. But land is quite visibly finite, unless you're talking about volcanic islands springing up, or the Chinese literally dumping rock and sand to make an island to somehow claim that area of the sea. So putting those nonsense things aside... Or, you know, the, the, that, that palm tree island thing that they made in Dubai with all of those properties on there. Well, I think those things are cool. I think they are. Uh, I think they're clever. But that's, it's not an economically viable I, way, really, yeah. of generating that. Land is scarce. I, I understand. So it's, it, it's right there. You can see it. And you can divide it up equally. We could divide up the British Isles. Yeah. Or is that, is that, is that unfair to the Irish? <laughs> is that, is that... <laughs> You could you could um, privatise Great Britain and Northern Ireland. We could, yeah, we could, you could, we could divvy up the United Kingdom. And um, and by that, what we're talking about here are obviously the public lands. There are private. I own the land that we are currently sitting on. Yeah, but everything else, everything else gets divvied up equally by square footage. I mean, things. I mean, like, so one way you could do it is just equally by square footage, and you're just giving it. That's it. That's your bit. But things like things like roads, I would want to own the. So you and I live in a in a um, uh, like a, a, a new township, I guess, yeah. a suburb. Yeah. And there's one big road lined with trees that has several estates off it. Yeah. I live in one of them. You live in another. I would want part of that road. I think I have more of a right to that road. Than, yeah. than other people so I think that road should but be don't you also up. want a bit of a right to the A1 that we're quite close to because you use that a fair bit to get around I think there's more of an argument for, for, for having ownership of the road that leads to your house than a road but that's just but aren't you introducing nearby. a very very complex initial way of divvying stuff up that would take think of the resources it would take bearing in mind also this is a moving feast. There are people moving all the time. How do you divvy this stuff up? It's a difficult one. So just, and, and forget market values because the market is constantly changing as well. So at what point do you say this is what it is? You just divvy it up. Everyone gets an amount of square footage and that's it. Everyone in the country. Okay, to make it more fair, does everyone get Part of a mountain, part of a road, part of a river. No, I'd make it random. I'd make it random so that it's evenly distributed. So, so you might be, have a bit here, there, and everywhere. It would be described as a land lottery. Yes, 
But the point is that from that point over time, land would start changing hands. Public land, and again, I stress this is public land, would start changing hands in favour of those who did one. You would want to buy from the guy in Scotland who owns a bit of, of the road that we use, you'd buy it off him in exchange for the bit of mountain that you got. The Queen would probably want to buy your square foot of Buckingham Palace's garden. A square centimetre. <laughs> <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? It's a starting point. In the same way so what if that the when guy, you what float if the a guy, company on the stock market, it's a starting point. But what if the guy who owns, the guy who lives in Scotland who owns a bit of that road... And then let's say that road is divvied up and, it, and it's owned by people. The, the nearest person is 500 miles away and none of them can be bothered to maintain it. What happens? So this is about what? Compelling them to sell or, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think... I think it would work itself out. I don't. I. It, it would. Wouldn't it? Would people not be incentivized to free up to sell? I don't have an interest in it. Just sell it. I'll give you money. Giving people money is an incentive to, to do it. Well, they might be making money because the roads are private, then so they can. How then, are they making money? They can. They, they can then charge you for being on their road. Right. So hang. Right. So right. So suddenly they've got. They they care enough to 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 levy fees on their bit of road. Oh, of course they do. There'd be one of them who, who said, you know what, I will sort this out. I will then charge everyone for, uh, I, I will, you know, put a little bit of infrastructure on there that takes a, everybody's number plate um, when they drive on that road and I will charge them and you'll get a fee uh, and I will take a little, a small slice off the top. I will put the infrastructure in there, but I, I, take, I take a cut of this, but you will make money by having a road. There would be a point at which you'd move. If you were being shafted, to, if, if this was the access well, road to get to your house, you'd to sell your house because the roads would be so bad. But everyone would stop using the road. You wouldn't drive on the road. You'd park just you'd park somewhere else. I'm saying that yeah, the, human the, the, nature the would kick in. Your house would still deteriorate. Well, but then they right? would stop charging. The prices, the price would go down because no one would use it. The price of what would go down? The the, the price they charged for using the road would go down because they wouldn't be making any money anymore because no one, everyone would stop using it. I'm saying that this is the, these are the mechanisms that exist automatically. I just, yeah, I just I demand think... would go down if price goes up, demand goes down. This is supply and demand. I understand that, but it's market mechanism. That is no good for the people who live there. And I think we should aim to try. If, if well, then you if need to come up with the magic formula for how we divvy up if the public land. If we're divvying stuff up, I think we should aim to be to get it to as close to what it would naturally be without the government there in the first place, which would be, we live on an estate, we all jointly own the land. Well, good luck working that out for the entire United Kingdom. Well, obviously that, that would be done by, you know, by lots by of some administrators. <laughs> you, love, you love an administrator in charge. So temporarily, the administrators are allowed to divvy all this stuff up. Or it's a free, or it just becomes, it just becomes public land and then a group of us get together and we homestead it. This is now. Well, how ours. does that work? Does this that is work? now ours. Nobody, nobody else is. is, is so, using that. Uh, right? Would would that not 
We could, we, could, we could perhaps claim that because we live here, we could get together with everybody else around here right. and say this is okay, now so as ours. A, right, so rather than, rather so than I'm thinking squatters, I'm thinking just people coming in and just saying this from somewhere else and just claiming the land, it would have to be done by arbitration. Yes. And I think if we, if we came together with, every, with, right. with the, the, the couple the of thousand The point being is, I wouldn't drive all the way to Scotland to claim a bit of a mountain. And I think with, arbit with arbitration, you wouldn't have that. If, if, we're, if we're saying we're not divvying it up now, we're just, everything is just a free-for-all and the government yes. now owns nothing. You'd only have time to claim the stuff that you're close to, the stuff that meant something I to mean, you. The issue with that is that the, you know, people with... Uh, you know, people who were rich and had resources would be able to claim, okay, right, okay, we're going to get together, we're going to claim the M6 or whatever, um, and we're going to make a lot of money out of that. But it, but again, you can see what I mean, that there would be an economic incentive for the price to be right. Well, yes. So the that's... pricing mechanisms of the market mm. do mean that that, uh, that would make sense. It would, it? It would, again, it still wouldn't be as good as if things appeared naturally, because... The road networks certainly wouldn't be as they and are. And this now. is the problem with the existing road network. So there would be some roads that once they there, get there's claimed, no competition people, in people, roads. Exactly, people people will be forced to use this particular road. Yeah, um, just to get there. So you, it's, it's all real saying, oh, you know, the price would have to be right. There are some roads where that's the only road you can use because yeah. of the, the dumb planning by the by the government. And then so things like train lines, there would be far more train lines if yes. it was private because rails should be cheaper than than, than car. Yeah. So there was lots more competition. And there would be happened. in this system because you could get together with some other people and you could... There would be in the future, of course. Yeah. Nick, thanks for the scotch. That was... Uh, is... I can't remember what it was. Oh, no, I didn't pull your Highland Park. Uh, uh, Springback. Springback. Cheers, your help. Mere... A mere ten years old. Yeah, but it's a good, it's a good, it's a good ten years old. The one, the one we had last time was five years old, and that was exceptional. Um, so it's not all about Ex exceptional fire water. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff though. It's this, do you know what? I've been hang. I, I thought this was smokier than it is, but it isn't, is it? See, I told you it wasn't that bad. No, it's nice. It's an easy drink. Not quite driving whiskey. Uh, it's getting off for driving whiskey. <laughs> um, anyway, we were talking about uh, privatizing government. Well, yeah, we were actually, so we were talking about talking. It was like a bit of meta-talking and, and I thought... We were just analysing the last bit of recording, weren't we? And, yeah. and we were saying how, I mean, we didn't, we didn't plan on talking about this specifically, but also I was saying how we kind of, we keep each other honest because we, we like to challenge each other with our positions. There was a point during that that we were kind of at cross-purposes where... The I was saying government you can't improve government. government efficiency stuff. Yes, and you were like, yes, you can. And the well, I didn't, is, I didn't know the extent, so I can. Of course, you can make improvements. One because they are so bad, it wouldn't be too hard to make a tiny improvement. But I didn't realise that you meant improve it to the point of view it would, where it could compete with a private sector company. Yes, because you can't do that, and you can. You know, it's like a it's like a fat person losing weight. So that it's far easier for a, a fat person to lose weight than me, who, who is, I'm probably, I don't know, about 10% fat, I, I would struggle to, 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 to lose weight. Yeah. Um, you know, I could, I could, with training, I could quite easily knock probably a second or two off my 100 metre time. But with all the training in the world, you're saying Bolt isn't going to run 100 metres in seven and a half <laughs> yeah. seconds. It's diminishing returns. This is the law of diminishing returns. Yes. And this is why 
Cameron coming into government and lopping 10-20% off a department's budget was dead easy. It was just a low-hanging fruit, yes. wasn't it? Uh, but to actually make... And this, this is where I said you know, Dominic Cummings is there. He, he thinks, I think, that he can make structural, meaningful, constitutional reforms to the way that public services are delivered. We're in danger of having the same conversation again. What I wanted to talk about now was the structure of that conversation okay and did you did you enjoy it because we did we did meander what i liked about it was that we didn't know where we were going we just went on a journey and then arrived somewhere at the end now and, and i've heard i've heard jordan peterson talk about books like this and he would he would compare authors and so these are these are two authors that i both really really love yeah um so he would compare like an, an ayn rand book with dostoevsky um, okay. So when you read Ayn Rand, you know where she's going. Yeah. Um, you you know you basically know the ending. Um, yeah. Or you know the the points because she was she was an objectivist and she had this you know this ideology. She had a philosophy. Yeah. She had a philosophy, and you knew this was this was what she was you know she was aiming for. So you kind of know what you're getting when you read an, an Ayn Rand novel. With Dostoevsky, he would just write, and he would have no idea where it was going, and he would just let the story kind of tell itself, and he had no idea of the journey, but he'd go on it, and then you know the story would emerge. And you know it, he would arrive somewhere. He had no idea where he was going to arrive when he when he started. Uh, it's important it's, to note, um, and that com- our conversation was like that. So there are some conversations where I I know where I'm going with this. I know my opinion on this, and I've had it challenged for the last ten or fifteen years by lots of different people. I've thought about it. I've thought about thinking about it. I know where I am. Whereas this one. I wasn't sure where we were going to go. There was like a like a problem we had to solve. Yes. But neither of us knew the solution. Yeah. I knew I knew I had some things had that bits. I had, I had criteria, yeah. so I knew that I didn't want to do it over time because that's that, that's a, that's a bad idea. You know, it, it's I, I knew that we had to stop it immediately. We'd have to cut tax immediately, for example, and, and these things. So I had certain points that I I, I, I needed to, to to get done, but I wasn't sure like the land divvying up. You know, we, we, that we, took a bit of time, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, we, we had we had like a few different suggestions, um, and and we you know we kind of arrived at something in the end that was different to perhaps both of us. Well, I think it was. Thought. I think it was completely different to um, what we both thought, but actually it was using another mechanism, and actually it mm. was using it was using the it was, kind of common law and it was going back judicial, to first principles. And yes, going, and, and it was it was going back to like when we said we could go back to Mon- Mongolia and start afresh. Yeah, it was almost like allowing us to start afresh, but with already developed land yeah I quite like the idea um, I, I've always <laughs> right I've always liked the idea that we don't have a constitution because our law developed gradually but I do like the idea of having a constitution that basically prevents loads of laws from happening in the first place now obviously there's a problem there of how do you stop the constitution being amended or scrapped or changed or added to or well see I, I saw it as being and I probably wasn't that clear but I saw that as being relatively temporary until all the you know all the, the laws are abolished so you could there could there would be a constitution a very small constitution and if, if there was a law that conflicted with the constitution the constitution would override the law and that's what constitutions are for all yes. law should emanate from the constitution precisely yeah. Um, so that that's where I was seeing it. But ultimately, it would be you know once there was there ceased to be 
any kind of government like there is now, and people would ally with each other, not necessarily on a geographical basis either, yep. then you would have, you know, I would ally with you and my friends over in, that could be a hundred miles away and stuff, and we'd have like, there'd be certain arbitrators, we'd perhaps have different, you know, our own kind of private police forces, all this kind of stuff. Government, as we know, would cease to exist. Yes. And there would be no need for a, a constitution because every there'd be, there, it wouldn't even be like different areas would secede and stuff. It would just be everywhere is... And that's what that's a lot of experiment. Similar to similar like to, to Ireland was hundreds of years ago, yeah. where people would ally with each other, but not necessarily on location. It wouldn't just be like a village would ally and another village would ally. And I suppose that I'd I'd like to get into that conversation more. I don't think it's necessarily for right now, but I'd like to get into that conversation more about how, in in practice, it would then develop on from there, and whether or not then you wouldn't need to have this constitution. Well, I think they, it's worth noting they managed it in Ireland hundreds of years ago before yeah, any now kind of technology. And well, yeah, the, the British took over and, and screwed it up and gave them. Well, the and so this is why and the it took them hundreds of years to do that. But this is why the conversation would need to include how would you stop another England from coming and stopping us from doing it. Or you well. have a massive private army. But you see how this needs discussion. But my point is, I mean, it did take we, it did take hundreds of years for England. Are you going to keep interrupting it, me? It did take yes, it did take hundreds and hundreds of years for England to actually come in because it's not like another country where you can just go in, take over the administration, and then you have control. They went over, took over a village, and that's all they've got, and they had to do it again and again and again. So it's as, as good as you're going to get from being taken over by some totalitarian other country. Are you finished now? I'm finished. What you said was, we didn't know where this was going to go, and so we meandered, and you didn't have uh, an end game in mind. Uh, but what the listener doesn't know is we've edited out the first however many minutes of this because we were talking about something completely different. And that's how we got onto this conversation. And I, 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 you know, I, we don't yet know, we haven't edited this yet, we don't yet know where it's going to actually begin. Because we only liked the, you know, the, the final 90% and not how we started it. And to be clear, we weren't talking about the subject matter, we were talking about some other rubbish. But we ended up talking about this. And that's important to note, isn't it? We didn't just have the nugget of an idea. No, we, we were going to we, talk about this. We weren't going to talk about this at all. At all. We were talking, we were talking about words and overused words. Um, and I, I, I isn't it interesting how we got from that to this? Oh, I, I can't even remember how it began. Um, I really can't. There, there were probably words that were used by, by government. So one of us started ranting about government. <laughs> um, so maybe how these things normally start. Yeah, or it was about, I think, I think we started on we the We're talking NHS. about privatising. But how do we get there from words? I, I can't, don't know. This is, this, is, this is useless to our listener now. And to us. <laughs> but it, it's interesting that we can we can I, I guess I guess my point was that these these types of conversations can be can be really beneficial certainly to us even if even if not for our listener um, well and sometimes what we do is we like to have lots of conversations about something before we have a podcast so that the podcast can be really clear it can have a lot of uh, preciseness and clarity and we can know our stuff uh, but I actually think that some of these kinds of podcasts when I listen to other people having these kind of conversations it interests me because you can almost hear their brains working and you can, you can hear them get to the nub of a problem and discuss it at length. And I think that's a, that's a virtue of the podcast as a medium. Well, so, yeah, so, and, and I mentioned Jordan Peterson earlier and he, you know, because he, he gives the example of, uh, you know, of Dostoevsky uh, yeah. compared with Ayn Rand. 
And I like, I love listening to Jordan Peterson because often when he has these conversations with, you know, with Dave Rubin or Joe Rogan or yeah. Sam Harris or whoever, you can see that they're, they're going on a journey together and, that, and that's great. But I think there's room for both. I don't always listen to Jordan Peterson's, you know, I, I, I enjoy listening to Yaron Brook who basically just preaches at me. He yes, just, he's he just, a preacher. All he does is he preaches at you. <laughs> but he's brilliant, and I, and I love it. In the same way that I, I love Dostoevsky, he's an amazing writer, and, and you, know, you, should, you, should, you should read some of his work. It's, it's really, really enjoyable. It's got really nice, uh, a really nice tone, and it's, it's yeah. not difficult to read, um, but it's brilliant. It's very, very clever. But I, I also love Ayn Rand, and I, you know, I, I'm I about, love reading Atlas Shrugged, and I, I want both. It's, it's not that one's better than the other, it's that there, there's room for I've both, got, and we shouldn't just do one or the other. I've got now, I've got about an hour left on um, a Joe Rogan with um, Eric Weinstein. Um, um, from only a few days I'm, I'm halfway through that one it's a long one I mean they're getting longer it feels no, so the, the one he did previously with Eric Weinstein was about four hours oh really yeah those two really get really get into it and I am I'm at a point that I am really enjoying it well Eric Weinstein but, is I don't, I don't agree with a lot of his, what he says but he's got such a galaxy-sized brain. Yeah, hasn't he? Though? He's so interesting. Even if you disagree I, with him, he's But my point is, they've talked about some rubbish. They've talked about stuff that I wasn't interested in, but I've persisted because they went. They have gone on this journey and they've talked about stuff that I wasn't interested in and now suddenly I'm really interested in what they're talking about. Yes, I've still got an hour left. So sometimes, and this, I think this depends on the speaker. So with, with both Rogan and Weinstein, Sometimes, particularly when they get together, because they're good friends and they're just—it's just like a, having a chat with with each, with each other. Um, sometimes the signal to noise ratio isn't quite what I'd like it to be. Yes, and you have to sit through some stuff, some stuff that you're not really interested in, just because it's two guys having a chat about their yeah, favourite subject. To get a bit like this podcast, to get <laughs> to get to the genius bit that you you that makes the whole of the podcast worthwhile. Yes, but because they're both great speakers and they're funny and they're engaging and you can just tell they're enjoying the conversation it's a pleasure to listen to so you i can i can suffer through that yes compared to someone, to someone intelligent talking about anything is still a but pleasure it's not yeah. it's not just the, the fact that they're they're both highly intelligent they're they're good speakers their voices are nice if i had to eric weinstein is a nice person to listen to isn't he? oh he's fantastic yeah, yeah. he's absolutely fantastic um but if he just has a nice manner about him yeah but if i if i had to listen to other people talk even even if what they were saying i agreed with 100 percent. someone like sajid javid for example you know i was just about to say the Saj. he just he His doesn't voice great he doesn't have the nicest sounding voice to, to my ears bless him and i and I, I, <laughs> I i don't dislike him at all i think i think he's great and he's an iron, iron fan. fan i mean as our as our current new chancellor I just I have all my fingers and toes crossed. I, I think I think he's going to be hamstring, but the, the fact that we've got hamstrung. Someone, hamstrung, the fact that we've got someone who is an Ayn Rand fan as chancellor is is amazing. But yeah, if I had to listen, he's about to, to go and spend two billion quid on Brexit No Deal preparations. But if if you had to listen to him talk for three or four hours, oh. I would probably skip through yes. some of the, the some of the noise. Whereas Eric Weinstein, I could listen. I could. I could probably listen to him just read the phone book and I'd be, <laughs> I'd be quite happy. <laughs> yeah, there are people like that. 
and we all have our favourite kind of radio voices or whatever. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm, this is us. This is me hoping that we have voices that people enjoy listening to. Otherwise, there's literally nobody now <laughs> listening to what we're saying because they've already stopped. Are we are we done there now? I think we've we've exhausted the, the subject matter and talking about talking about the subject matter. So I'm 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 good. Okay, can I can I do the ending this time? Yeah, good. So I've realised that we've been doing the ending all wrong, oh. right right from the word go. All, literally every single ending I think we've done wrong because what all we've been doing is we've been saying thank you for listening to Sounding Board. You can you can listen to us on Podbean on iTunes etc. Yeah, yeah, et yeah. Everyone knows what the ending is. What do you think they're doing? They're already on Podbean, well, or they're already on iTunes, or they're on Stitcher. They, it's just, they might be playing it on the website. Thank you for listening. That's it. Thank you for listening. You don't. You don't think you need to get them. To... I mean, we could. We could say thank you for listening, and on whatever medium you're using, please give us a review. Yeah, or please you could listen to a podcast without subscribing to it. Please subscribe wherever you are. <laughs> wherever you are, in whatever way you fancy. But then, then they, they know they know the podcast app. They've already got it. They're listening to us on their podcast app. So do they need to rate us? People, do people, they need people to don't comment go, on it? Do people they don't to... go to the website, and and you know people don't go to websites in general and download podcasts. It's all done on iTunes, on Podbean, on Stitcher, so, on Player FM. <laughs> you're doing it again. You're doing it again. So, <laughs> but don't we need them to give us some kind of rating or something? I mean, I I'm not. I'm not on this social media nonsense. Uh, I think. I, is, I it, is it actually better that they don't subscribe? That they just actually share it. Tell your friends. Go on to go on to your echo chamber of choice, and tell everyone else to seek out the Sounding Board podcast, and not the other sound. This is the other problem I have. Soundingboard.com, fantastic domain name that I happened to acquire. And and that's where it's hosted. But there's another Soundingboard podcast. Is there? Yeah, but it's some sports thing or whatever. Okay, don't go to that one. Don't go to that one. But they already haven't gone to that one because they're right here. But But you need to, if you're telling your friends, then you need to tell them it's Soundingboard. Not the sounding board. It's sounding board, and it's the green square with the word sounding board. That's how you get people to come to our, our podcast. Or you could just whatever podcast app you're using, copy the URL, give it to share it, and you know it makes sense, and you know that other people will enjoy listening to us. So now, as you're much sa- as they enjoy listening to Eric Weinstein, you're you're sounding like James Dunningpole now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so should we end it there? Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs>